0: Multiculturalism is hate, diversity is hate, tolerance is hate, and who's the object of that hate? We are. The
1: boundaries have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio.
2: Welcome to Goyfire Fire 42. We are a white nationalist program. Top story tonight is a black serial killer by the name of Smallwood. Habus Corpus is history. TNB, white girl murdered by baby daddy. Beach violation translates into 18 months probation. We also have South African Air instituting an affirmative action program. Zimbabwe update, no coal, no steel, as well as a TJB to round up the program. Converse Jew caught in Namibia. Alex is not here this evening, so we will proceed with a news-oriented boy fire. The top story tonight, Lexington Police Identify a Suspect in Serial Killer Investigation. Lexington Police identified a suspect on Thursday in three brutal slayings that happened over a span of seven years and the rape of an 83-year-old retired teacher. Negro Robert Franklin Smallwood, 32, was already in custody on other charges when the Lexington Police Department obtained an arrest warrant, charging him with three counts of murder, two counts of rape, and one charge each of sodomy, robbery, and burglary.
0: First of all, I'd like to say that we could almost do a nigger serial or mass or spree killer of the week. Uh, this, This was a bona fide serial killer, as you mentioned These murders occurred over a period of seven years, and this guy is only 32 years old. So as a nigger saying in prison, uh, that's his pride. Um, They caught him as a result of DNA tests, and uh, he was already in jail at the time they realized that he was their their Negro um, on drug violation probation charges. And... uh, <clears throat> there were particularly violent rapes. In one case, he, he knocked on the back door of a woman's house uh, late at night, and I suppose her having learned that uh, niggers are your best friends, that uh, and in a good Christian mood, she opened the door. But uh, she's dead, so they can't tell the ta- tales. But uh, very pervasive. This was Lexington, Kentucky, by the way, a very, a very upscale, very uh, moneyed place i distributed tas there and there's a lot of pricey real estate in lexington kentucky it's a very rich town
2: yeah what well, says here police uh, police have said the murder victims lived quote high-risk lifestyles but didn't elaborate i wonder if that means uh living around negroes
0: well i think they're relating to the murder victims um, new Org in the newsroom has the story as uh, been a while since I looked it up. I believe there were there were two whites and a negroes who murdered. I think he's they're talking about the murders, but in the cases of the rapes, you're probably quite right because those are old ladies, and uh, I don't know how many old ladies, 89 years old, as one of them was, lead risky lifestyles. But uh, yeah, they live close to them. That's the risk. But I don't think they meant it that way when they wrote it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, with the 1.3 million assaults on whites by blacks per year in the aftermath of desegregation. What what else can you expect than these types of uh, splurge killings? Now, this is a bona fide serial killer, but we've also covered splurge killings.
0: This, this is just one serial killer, and they're, they're breaking pretty fast. And the interesting thing about these characters I've noticed in reading about them is that oftentimes they'll find unrelated murders years later, and then they say, well, the count goes from 3 up to 7 or 14 or something. They just continually find bodies and and compare results. And Yeah, do you think this
2: is more due to police collecting forensic evidence at the scene, and then this guy gets busted on a drug charge, they take his DNA and uh, put it into a a computer system for cross-referencing, and it comes up?
0: I do think that's it. Uh, I don't know all the details of it, but... uh, they said this guy had three addresses he gave to the cops. <laughs> Speaks and alien and niggers have aliases and various addresses and everything. So, if you think your garden variety uh, a nigger that you know hangs out at the local car wash and and wipes your windshield when you come out and wants some money uh, is harmless, so <laughs> they're dope fiends and and these dopes are taking induced psychotic behavior and, and niggers in the first place uh, aren't. It's all there. They're essentially subhumans. And people need to recognize that. Our ancestors recognized that. And now we are under this great uh, Jewish thought curtain that pretends that they're not. Yeah, well, this is the second
2: serial killer story breaking within, I would say, the last week. And we had in in Fire 41, we covered the baseline serial killer in, uh, in Arizona turned out to be a Negro, so this is the second one within two weeks. Yeah. But, it, but it's a local story, I guess. This is not uh, Jeffrey Dahmer or uh, what, what are the other white serial... It's not getting the same coverage.
0: No, it is. That's interesting you mentioned that, it being a local story, because that's what, that's what the quads come to. Serial killers is just a you know, tri-county area, practically. Especially if they're non-whites, which most of them are.
1: The people who are in charge of fighting terrorism in this country, and in particular the senior police officer who is in charge of it, says for reasons that I have to say personally I find absolutely compelling, that it is necessary to have this power in order to protect the public.
2: Our second story tonight, habeas Corpus is dead, and the Fourth Amendment, our history, we have here a bill, uh, and this is an article coming from the Washington Post. Congress approved landmark changes to the nation's system of interrogating and prosecuting terrorism suspects last night, preparing the ground for possible military trials for key members of al-Qaeda under rules that critics say will draw stiff constitutional challenges. The new bill is designed to legalize military commissions and to clarify interrogation techniques that CIA operatives may use on terrorism suspects considered unlawful enemy combatants who are granted fewer protections than are prisoners of war. Hundreds of such detainees have been held for several years without trial at the U.S. military base at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, while others were held at secret prisons overseas.
0: There's one Arab who's been held for five years, since 9 one I believe it was the day after, or very few days after. And his, his case is unprecedented in U.S. history but the precedent the precedents are being set now and when matt hale was first arrested as i recall he was held under terrorism charges and, and under that the broad umbrella of the patriot act was held incommunicado for several months essentially he did finally get counsel but it was very difficult to do and uh, as this proceeds uh, again there are, graying up the uh, the lines between constitutional rights and the Patriot Act and the fact that, as Orwell's, in Orwell's story, war is peace, and uh, we're in constant war, and constant war is constant peace. So the next thing we can see with thought and hate crimes is that they'll transfer these sorts of um, enemy mindsets to whites, to our... Uh, insurgents in our own land, just as the Iraqis are. And I think that's coming next. In fact, I think they've already established that. Yeah, well, they say mm-hmm.
2: They say here, here are some of the bill's biggest flaws. Enemy combatants, a dangerously broad definition of illegal enemy combatant. And the bill would subject legal residents of the United States as well as foreign citizens living in their own countries. to Summary arrest and indefinite detention with no hope of appeal. Mm-hmm. the president could give the power to apply this label to anyone he wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and the United States by the way is ranging all over the world in, in large measure at the behest of international Jewry and in arresting people and if any other country tried to do this, I think was the U.S. we were joking about, well Mossad does that except instead of making arrests they, they just assassinate the people but Really, I mean, just think about the uh, high-handedness and, and the empire uh, mindset, haughtiness, yeah, uh, to do that, to just range all over the planet and arrest at will. Or if they can't do it, they'll try to induce governments to make uh, uh, arrests and deportations. Uh, yeah, they say the international jury, yeah.
2: They say detainees in U.S. military prisons would lose the basic right to challenge their imprisonment. That's the habeas corpus. These cases do not clog the courts nor coddle terrorists. They simply give wrongly imprisoned people a chance to prove their innocence. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't even challenge your your imprisonment because there's really no charges that are brought against you.
0: Yeah, it's... it's um... It's a habeas corpus is a legal instrument uh, by which a court, you know, orders a government or an, a prison official to to bring the body before the court so the court can decide if the person is being held on on legal charges. But again, all that's being muddied up with the Patriot Act, which. I guess Christian Americans in large measure want to keep in force. The Semitic wars are on the shores of the United States, and uh, that's that. They seem to quite enjoy themselves.
2: Yeah, and then they have here coerced evidence and secret evidence. Coerced evidence would be permissible if a judge considered it reliable already a contradiction in terms and relevant coercion <coughs> is defined in a way that exempts anything done before the passage of the 2005 Detainee Treatment Act and anything else Mr. Bush chooses. So I guess smashing in your teeth is permissible if the information is reliable.
0: Yeah. Well, the author of the Patriot Act, one of the main authors, was is the current uh, specific Attorney General. And then in look lawyers like Dershowitz who support torture, so uh, Jewish lawyers. So, um, actually when you get right down to it, in my opinion, to prosecute young people for hate crimes of, uh, I think we're going to be talking about one later here in this Goy fire, the hate crimes of exercising the First Amendment, is, um, that, that's a form of mental torture, right there, in and of itself because they're abrogating our rights as uh, we've taught our young people in schools. And they've done that so successfully that they've, they've really cowed, the. I think, most of the older people. But uh, some of the young are experiencing so many, uh, so many just rudenesses and, and uh, slights at the hand of the multicult that uh, they're more than that. I, I spoke too lightly. They're really just getting shafted by the multicult. The young people, and and, uh, a lot of them aren't taking it, and (laughs) they're—I think they're more action-oriented than than older people because they don't care what happens. You know, they're, they're more likely to commit spontaneous murder statistically, and who knows what'll happen when they get angry enough.
1: single one's got a story to tell Everyone knows about it From the Queen of England To the Hounds of Hell And if I catch it coming back
2: here uh, secret evidence that can also be used that means evidence American standards of justice prohibit evidence and testimony that is kept secret from the defendant whether the accused is a corporate exec- executive or a mass murderer the bill is redrafted by mr. Cheney seems to weaken protections against such evidence so they could say well we have evidence but it's a secret And then they have also offenses. The The definition of torture is unacceptably narrow. A virtual reprise of the deeply cynical memos the administration produced after 9-11. Rape and sexual assault are defined in a retrograde way that covers only forced or coerced activity and not other forms of non-consensual sex. The bill would effectively eliminate the idea of rape as torture.
0: Yeah, uh, Dr. Pierce said that, uh, but a slightly different thing. That, that Pierce said that uh, in these end times, that uh, rape is downgraded to mean a sexual assault or a mere assault, and I guess now they're translating that into military <laughs> habeas corpus, uh, uh, you know, revised constitutionalism terms.
2: Yeah, so is this really a declaration of martial law from a legal standpoint?
0: Well, they're inching us, inching us towards accepting more and more abuses. and This is another, but most Khwans will accept it because it, in their minds it has to do with uh, the, the evil Arab Islamofascists. And of course, again, that was a construct, a military construct urged on by international Jewry. The Semitic War is going on in the United States of America.
2: Just it's, like the you know, WNDs, right?
0: Fabrication. T- yeah, up 220 million. And the original Mossad memo talking about uh, uranium, uh, and that memo was floated into Africa, that's hardly ever mentioned nowadays, the c- connection with the Mossad, but people can look it up on the Internet. Anyway, it's just uh, more and more of uh, APAC and everyone else getting their way. The, I like to call them international Jewry.
3: The next question is split up uh, with one for each of the professors. Why did Professor Walt single out Wolfowitz and Faith for blame and not their non-Jewish boss, Rumsfeld? And then the question to Professor Mersheimer. What would have been an acceptable response by Israel to a raid on its territory and missiles hitting its cities? Um, I uh, singled out uh, Wolfowitz and Feith because I think they were uh, critical uh, members in driving the case for war, more so than Secretary of uh, Defense Rumsfeld. Uh, I could have mentioned uh, non-Jewish people like John Bolton as well, uh, who I think is a very strong supporter of of Israel and was a big advocate of uh, going to war as well. So this wasn't a statement about being Jewish one way or the other. It was a statement of what you were supporting in terms of how to deal uh, with Iraq. Uh, I didn't mention, but I explicitly mentioned to Cheney and Bush on the other side, that uh, in the first nine months of the Bush administration, uh, it's clear uh, from, again, what we've been able to read in the public record that uh, Wolfowitz was pushing for the United States to take action against Iraq, but he was unable to persuade Bush that it was a good idea, and unable to persuade Cheney that it was a good idea. Uh, there's even some reports—I don't know how, how accurate they are—that uh, that Bush was starting to get annoyed by this. That you know, Wolfowitz kept bringing this up all the time, and he eventually gets told to stop because it's getting on the president's nerves. Uh, but the point is, after September 11th, then the political. Stars realign a little bit, and Bush and Cheney come on board, which is why, again, we say the lobby was a necessary condition for getting the war. Absent its pressure, you wouldn't have had it. They'd been pushing it for a long time. But absent 9-11, you wouldn't have gotten the war in Iraq either. That was critical to shaping the political calculations. The question was, what do I think would have been an appropriate alternative response by Israel? Using massive military force the way they did between July 12th and August 14th was a major mistake. It should have been a much more limited attack, and they certainly should have ramped down their rhetoric. It was very foolish to say that the principal goal here is to destroy Hezbollah, and we're going to do that, and all we need is for the United States to give us another week or two to do that. Heck, the Israelis were in Lebanon for 18 years, between 1982 and 2000, and they couldn't depe- defeat Hezbollah. Why in God's name did they think that they could defeat Hef- Hezbollah from the air in three or four weeks? This was just not going to happen.
2: Right. Well, the, we have a case in Plattsburgh, Missouri. A baby mama found in the trunk of her boyfriend's car. And... uh this boyfriend is a nigger row.
1: You know, they try to trip a nigger up like me, you know, because I, I ain't following Whitey's rules. You know, you are you laughing, B.H.?
2: <laughs> Heather Robbins was found in the trunk of a car in the parking garage of Liberty Hospital Tuesday night. Officials say they believe Robbins had been stabbed several times in the home she shared with her father and her nine-month-old son in Plattsburgh. Police said Robbins' body was wrapped up, put in the trunk of the car, and then driven to the parking garage in Liberty. Officers found the victim after receiving a phone tip. Robbins' boyfriend and the father of her child, Joseph Hill, 20, of Raymore, turned himself in and has been charged in the case. Officer said Hill told them that he had been in a fight with the victim.
0: Well, this is a Missouri girl. They're all over the... baby of hers doesn't look to be... Plattsburgh is a rather poor town, by the way, but this this goes on all over the U.S. Alex often talks when he's... um, about his blog when he's on Fire, and uh, he really <clears throat> is incensed that <laughs> there are more and more niggers moving into Kurtz, Kirksville, Plattsburgh—you name it—and uh, people may not know, but these battles go back to the American Civil War in Missouri, and the Union sent in two or three divisions to get the Missourians to get their minds right, and people. In those days had a healthy understanding of racial differences, and they accepted it. When I say accepted it, they knew that it was dangerous to be around them. but anyway, these battles went on, and it's interesting to think that that uh, what is it, hundred and forty so years later, that uh, we're suffering this racial war, and and whites are the victims. This is a it's not an unusual story with this wigress. I mean, it just a, a lot of guys in the forum, as you know, say, well, good riddance. She got what she deserved. Uh, this one was older than most of them. Some of these girls are 16 and, and, and 15, 17. And when they're that young and plus...
2: Yeah, like Chelsea Brooks.
0: Can, yeah, and you can consider their brainwashings by media and, and their schools, their institutions, and even their parents by their uh, aloofness and, and failure to warn them, as you said at the beginning of the program, it might save their life.
2: Now, you referred to Alex's blog, that's uh, kirksvilletoday.com for any Missourians listening into the program where you can uh, learn about what's going on in Kirksville, which is a microcosm of uh, our larger situation in America. It's it's not just happening in New York City, Los Angeles, and Miami. This is happening everywhere. And it's a deliberate policy to, to subject whites to violent Irredeemable Negro, irredeemable Negroes. And, uh, the
0: interesting thing, though, in, in some of these smaller Midwestern and, and north-central towns and cities, especially in small to mid-sized cities, niggers are treated with more uh, reserve and, and more solicitude, even than in large cities, because whites think they have to go out of their way to mollycoddle them at virtually every level. So... And also, they're not as sophisticated from long contact with them, and and, and, uh, couldn't take advantage of this. There's absolutely no doubt. You know, they can sense weakness in in, in people's logic.
2: We also have another story here, or a travesty case. We have a Jewish judge being lenient on a communist, or formerly communist activist by the name of Judith Clark. Clark, together with David Gilbert and Kathy Bodin, formed the M nineteen Communist Organization, which joined forces with the remnants of the Black Liberation Army, an extremely radical and violent group that was an offshoot of the Black Panthers. On october twentieth, nineteen eighty one. A group alternatively identified as the BLA-M19 or Revolutionary Task Force staged a robbery of a Brinks truck at the shopping center in Nyack, New York. And uh, now she's up for retrial. I don't know, Jane, have you been following
0: this? Uh, Yeah, it's an interesting story because in the 1960s, for people who didn't live through it, not only were white Americans assaulted by the cultural Jewish teachers, uh, like this current judge, Shira Scheindlin, who has vacated uh, Judith Clark's sentence. In other words, there was the intelligentsia doing that, but also concomitantly there was literally violent revolution in the streets. Uh, there were students for the Democratic Society, uh, there were the ones you just mentioned, the MS-19, and the Black Panthers, and this minor minor group called, what was it, the Black Liberation Army, but a lot of these people were doing far and away greater and more consistent and, and many more numerically uh, acts of violence than Bob Matthews and the Order were. And uh, yeah, they got a lot of press, but uh, they, they weren't quite represented with the vitriolic hatred and as being just the, the really, really downright quite morally bad people the white nationalists are. And I, I always find that curious even now. Uh, in any case, it was a Jewish judge and she is, uh, it hasn't been a commutation of, of uh, Judith Clark's sentence. I couldn't find out if Judith Clark is, is a Jewess, although with the name Judith and uh, giving that she was born and grew up in New York, uh, the odds aren't bad. Uh, one of her compatriots was one Susan Rosenberg who built Clinton's uh, commuted her sentence on the way out and Rosenberg for a while was going to teach at Hamilton College a writing course in upstate New York and then there was another Jewish that came into it and this one is called uh, let me see I did the research on this story Uh, she's a writer and uh, she talks about Eve Ensler and she gave a course of writing uh, to Judith Clark when Clark was in prison so, uh, Eve Ensler in her biography that uh, she she said that she uh, abhors violence and so forth. And yet here she is being the mentor to this uh, uh, woman who whose gang killed two cops. It wasn't just one. And uh, now is this the quote, Eve uh,
2: Ensler of the Vagina Monologues?
0: Yeah, that's the same one who, who's writing that current thing. It's kind of like the Portnoy's Complaint of nineteen. 19- or of 2006, or whatever year it came out. The Vagina Monologues, yeah. More Jewish sexual literature that's uh, that's that's triumphant trash. Uh, yeah, and it says here that she said, uh, oh, in Wikipedia they say he's coping with her childhood trauma with a sexually abusive lesbian father. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Maybe that's uh, how far... Jane, he was attracted course. to women. <laughs> maybe Maybe when you have two lesbians, one of them is a father and one is a mother. I think we've maybe come to that point, and you're supposed to read that and understand it.
2: <laughs> See, if you read the vagina monologues, you'd be up yeah. on this new terminology.
0: Yeah, lesbian father. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So anyway, that's the her trauma, trauma. So here it is, all these Jewesses, and, and and all rolled into one, and, uh, and they're going to get us all right as rain with Judith Clark. Cop color too. So, then, is, by is the this, way, this, yes. is
2: this uh, judge then Scheindlin? Is she then what? What was? How is she being lenient with this uh, communist uh, murderer and uh, agitator? Is she commuting well, the sentence or
0: vacating? It's called. I think it means that uh, they have to have a whole new trial and reexamine uh, uh, re-examine what went wrong. See, Judith Clark represented herself. And this judge wrote a 72-page memo. And as you pointed out, that's not a memo. That's a a short novel. So, uh, look, Matt Hale represented himself in his appeal. So are they going to go back and give Matt Hale a new trial based on his having represented himself in the appeal? And they always say he wasn't a lawyer, even though he passed the exam. And they wouldn't give him his degree because uh, he was morally bad. It's okay for... Nigger killers or anybody else to become lawyers that's fine you know they, they've reconstructed themselves
2: so they're pulling a, a mumia Abu Jamal with this uh, this communist killer
0: and uh, yeah, that's right I knew putting it
2: up for retrial they'll them. be retrying it until he's finally um, declared innocent I guess that's uh, uh, just another case of Jewish revisionism then
0: and, and listen, I should understand. Communism is Jewism. Uh, they're part and parcel, essentially one and the same.
2: Yeah, and just uh, redistributing uh, white capital into Jew hands sure. legally.
0: And the multicultural yeah. is essentially just plugging in racial envy or, or racial rights. Uh, whereas, uh, what was the phrase that Marx used to use? To each according to his uh, needs from each according to his abilities. And so they've just uh, plugged in racial envy into that, because the natural, by nature's finest type of unequality of the races, and, and uh, you know, sort of like the way the Catholic Church allows uh, animistic elements into uh, their religion to uh, co-opt the non-white masses, they've done the same thing with Marxism. <laughs> so and Now, we live with it, if you can call it living.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of cultural Marxism, we have a case of a boy who admitted to a racist remark given probation. And this is coming from Urbania, a royal champagne youth who admitted making a racist remark to a woman at the Hill L. Foundation on campus last spring, was sentenced Friday to 18 months of probation quote, we have enough conflict between religions, races, and cultures in this world. We don't need any more, end quote. Champaign County Judge Harry Clem told the 16-year-old. He had pleaded guilty in juvenile court in late August to a charge of hate crime. He admitted that on May 4th, as he left the Jewish Student Center at 503 East John, street he made a disparaging remark about Jews that alarmed a woman who heard it. <laughs> Jane, have you been following this?
0: Yeah, I read this story. He's 16 years old and, and as you just said, he made a disparaging remark about Jews that alarmed a woman who heard it. Did she overhear it or did he address it to her and even if he did, well, what about the First Amendment? And then the other curious thing that they've dropped all these other charges—I don't know if that's because it's easier to, uh, you know, paint him with a scarlet letter for life because he's uh, exercised his option to hate in this country, or. Uh, or what, but he he did, as young as he is, he did tell the court that he was a, he said I, he's been taken incredibly seriously, and he has every intention of following through with whatever you have to do. Um, yeah, well,
2: they say, I, ass- I, I mean, Assistant State ahead. Attorney Larry Solava said the boy's behavior and attendance at Centennial High School were so atrocious that he was sent to Columbia School. He also washed out there and is currently being homeschooled by his mother who soul Ava said works full-time all day. In response to questions from Clem, the boy's mother said she did not have a homeschooling plan approved by the Regional Office of Education, saying she was unaware she needed that. The woman said she didn't want to send her child to ready school, an alternative school for students in Champaign who can't make it in traditional school settings because she feared that it would expose them to even more problems. Clem warned the woman she needed to get guidance if she was going to continue to homeschool her son.
0: My advice would be to become a creator and, and stand by the white man's Bible, where nigger is used in the uh, religious text. And uh, their judge in Wisconsin ruled that we're a valid religion. This guy's 16 years old. They won't, they won't try that in the court. Almost usually with a grown man, unless it's in the, the thick of the multicult, like parts of New Jersey, or, I mean, the very worst parts, Atlanta, New Jersey, where where muds are clearly in control. Yes, they will to do that. I don't know about Urbana, Illinois, but I'm sure there are a lot of Jews there.
2: Yeah, check this. But As part of his probation, the boy was ordered to live with his mother, obey all of her house rules, and a curfew set by his probation officer perform 50 hours of public service and be homeschooled subject to the approval of the necessary education authorities.
0: And listen, this is an ignorant statement by the judge. We have enough conflict. I know you read this, but just think, let it sink in, everybody. We have enough conflict between religions, races, and cultures in this world. We don't need any more. And this is what uh, Judge, uh, pardon me, Champaign County Judge Harry Clem said. It's just such pat crap. Yeah, and he said this uh,
2: in front of the Hillel uh, uh, building. Uh, Jane, what is the Hillel uh, Yeah, Hillel is the Jewish
0: Students Foundation, and if you look it up, there must be 87 links of uh, Hillel. And this is how Jews push their own people in universities and whites had better start doing the same thing. It's radical. They have Zionists come there all the time and talk to them. Uh, it's essentially a Zionist org for, for, for children in the same way that Hadassah is a Zionist org for women, in the same way that AIPAC is a Zionist org to keep your congressmen and senators voting for Israel. And by the way, on a slightly different subject, since we're talking about, uh, well, I hope you don't mind my going off, but this uh, Mark Foley down in Florida, this congressman who was sending love notes to his 16-year-old pages, he was a big supporter of uh, of Zion and Israel. In fact, he had a whole announcements about it, um, a whole platform and program. Uh, I linked it in one thread, but... Uh, so so these are the kind of leaders, and uh, this is what they're telling our kids, you may not criticize Jews. And they tell them at a very young age, they grab them. Well, they're not grabbing their asses, they're grabbing their minds. Well,
2: this is a, a chilling story on a on hundred different fronts. Uh, we see them attacking homeschooling. Uh, we see that even a, a, a word by a passerby on the street can be used as a a grounds for prosecuting uh, someone in a court, mm-hmm. so-called court of law, uh, that's her word against his.
0: Sure, and what happened to the First Amendment? Dr. Pierce, as we've said a number of times on Goyfar, Dr. Pierce said that the Jews' aim is to get rid of the First Amendment. And of course they're not going to come right out and say, well let's get rid of it. No, no they're going to go about it very sneakily and, to, and by convincing whites that it's in their best interest to, first of all, put a little bit of a governor on it, because, uh, the, yeah, there's all, all free speech, but then there's hate speech. And that seems to be working very well now. They've gotten most people used to the idea that uh, right is right and wrong and wrong, and, and, and there's no room for hate, whatever the fuck that means. It means yeah. nothing. Well, it means don't, don't criticize Jews is what it means, and, and non-whites. You can say goi, shiksa. Um. White
2: trash, redneck. Uh, you could say that with a megaphone. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, the FBI, on we, we've got it online. The FBI's got uh, this robber. <laughs> I can look it up. They describe him as the redneck robber. They don't say how he got the name or anything. They just say, he's, I think he's in Kentucky. He's the redneck robber. <laughs> can you imagine the Jew robber or, or the nigger robber? The, the uh, Jew swindler. Him. Yeah. Yeah. The FBI has it right there on their poster.
2: Yeah, the the nigger rapist. Mm-hmm. How but then that the FBI work? will
0: come running if, if somebody gets swastikas painted on their house too. So
2: yeah, well, <laughs> taking the flight now to South Africa, and I can recommend this blogspot. South Africa is crap. We have uh, a story there about South African Airways. South African Airways is on the brink of introducing a radical new pilot training program which will see trainees taking their place as co-pilots after 70 hours actual flying time. The bulk of the training, 250 hours, will take place in flight simulators which allow trainees uh, or trainers to slash actual flying hours in a real aircraft by more than half. SAA spokesman O'Sullivan has confirmed the details of the new program.
0: Uh, yeah, well they have to get Shirley Q. Licker to be the stewardess on a Airways.
3: Today's flight is on a McDonnell Burying uh, MD-4040 aircraft. It is a double-deck whisper jet, honey. If we run into any problem on the aircraft today, our captain is Reverend Cleotis Jefferson who is also pastor of Macadamia Jubilation Congregation. And he is assisted today by Deacon Earl Clovis, and we want to welcome him into the spirit of the Lord.
0: 70 hours. I, I, I had a nightmare about this. You, know, you ever had a nightmare and you're flying real fast, like I'm 50 or 100 feet off the ground in a 747? What they want to get? 600? They want to get 600 black niggers in South Africa into the plains with 70 hours of actual, actual flight training. And they're going to do it in twelve to eighteen months. So what it comes down to is a community college. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. It comes down to the crash, but it's a community college course to fly a seven forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sign up if you want to make about eighty grand and as a co-pilot to start out after two years.
2: <laughs> what they, about they the poor to, pilots? I don't they'd, know. They'd have to uh, even put,
0: put even up with these co-pilots. Yeah, yeah, Muhammad Atta got better training than that in, in the, uh, the Florida Flight School. It's hilarious. They better uh, hope <laughs> that
2: God is their co-pilot.
0: Yeah.
3: If he, they're going to make it.
0: Yeah, they, they need to get those niggers in those uh, uh, airplane spoof movies. What they called the one with Leslie Nielsen. That's what they need. They need the, the nigger with age, the basketball player. This is a whole new genre. They could spawn <laughs> with the,
2: <laughs> Forget about snakes <laughs> on the planes. How about niggeros in the cockpit?
0: <laughs> Coons in the cockpit! Yikes! <laughs>
2: uh, that's that's our movie, yeah. and it's becoming reality. Uh,
0: Twelve to eighteen months in the United States. What you have to be a military pilot with what eight or ten years, and I don't know how many thousands and thousands of hours and multi-numbers of aircraft. It's absolutely preposterous, and this is why I, I guess a million white people have left South Africa, and of course the United States won't take them, uh, white trash. No, 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 but any, any, you know, nigger, ex-Hutu-Tutsi, uh, uh, AIDS-infected, uh, you know, mass killer is welcome. Uh, bus station in Richmond toting around a gun. From yeah, well, Africa. we
2: covered, yeah, the Hall's Fiend, we covered him in Goyfire Fire 39, a, a Zimbabwe uh-huh. refugee. And his uh, antics in England of uh, of all places, but we have here also the cost-cutting initiative is part of efforts by the national carrier to introduce more black people into its pilot ranks called a multi-crew pilot license the International Civic Aviation Organization is currently drawing up program standards and regulations which could be ready in mid-2007 according to Captain Colin Jordan General Manager of SAA Flight
0: Operations And what do the white pilots in South African Airways say? They say it's nuts, right? What'd they say? It's gonna seriously endanger people. The the story tells of one, one case where the travel agent told me he was on South Africa Airlines, his client was, and the guy said, no way. I'm not flying, <laughs> <a client. Can't laughs> so <until> that flight, <laughs> keep the ticket, whatever, I'm not getting on.
2: Yeah, well, the last time I checked out South Africa's crap uh, he he's posted, I would say, and this was maybe two weeks ago, he's posted maybe 600 additional articles about how much South Africa is crap? It's just, it's it's a, an amazing read, and I, I recommend it to all listeners to the
0: program to check that out. He, you know, you know, Aegis Professor Kevin Macdonald in the Culture of Critique, or, or was it in Byron's movie? He talked about uh, the line in the sand. He talked about the fact that white people are squeezed between a, a Jewish intelligentsia who's who have grabbed hold of the professional positions in society to dictate or or, or to speak to society as how it should be? You know, judges, the the heads experts on TVs, of the mass professors. media organs, right? And they're massively overrepresented. Uh, and if we try to say we want to do what you've done, tell us how, or we want to be pro-white the way you're pro-Jewish, well, that's inherently evil. So we can't, can't copy what they do. You see, that's, that's not right. And we, we can't be vociferous in our support of our own people because they've established that that's evil. Uh, so anyway, quite a squeeze between them and, and the pilots, so to speak, of South African Airways. <laughs> the, 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 the new nigger pilots with 70 hours training, the community college 747 pilots. So, uh, and this is where we are. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what you know, I'm trying to make light of what Professor McDonald said, but whites are squeezed into these two untenable positions by extremes uh, of skill levels who are both working to uh, marginalize whites and allied with the, with, the, with the blacks, with the niggers, are the uh, masses and tens and tens of millions of non-whites, most notably Mexican Spics. Well, the the Jews
2: have no interest in letting the multicultural cat out of the bag, especially mm -hmm. not for white people, which would in turn endanger their positions within white countries and also their policies of multiculturalizing or diversifying the white body politic in countries like uh, the United States, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and the U.K., yeah. You know, uh, so, I, so I'm all of these, all of these murderous experiments that they carried out at the cost of white people in Zimbabwe, and we'll be touching on that soon, and also South Africa, they just keep it under wraps. It's just a, it's a bongo party down there.
0: <laughs> a bongo party. Uh, that's it. Yeah.
2: There's you, you'll have, you'll see singing Aunt Jemima's, uh, or Aunt Jemima's chanting away, bongo drums, and just hear how great it is, and that's it. But see, this well, is the I'm just waiting
0: for. Him. They can save I'd your like life. To know when, the, when peoples are downtrodden and screwed for decade after decade, and then on top of that, they're raped and murdered by their oppressors, <laughs> the story is told throughout history. You know, The times will come when uh, there's going to be a violent reaction. Yeah, well, we see with the media organs that if they're able
2: to beguile them to such an extent, that the body politic doesn't react to a mm-hmm. imminent danger because they've got these rose-colored glasses on. Uh, they're hoping they'll be able to drive, ride the collective wave into the into the third world and without them reacting to it at all. And that's why shows like Goyfire and other um, Internet communication capabilities um, are very dangerous to their... Yeah. their position in the world.
0: That's what's shocking to decent whites when they travel throughout the United States and they, it comes full force in their face that the Qua of the United States is already and has been for some time the third world in frightening, just uh, sprawling aspects. In Katrina major proportions, proportions. yeah. Sure, or Miami, just huge, huge swaths of, the, of major United States cities. Baltimore? Uh, well, no. Yeah, Los Angeles in very, very large measure. They're just totally, totally chaotic third world where, where a white person with their ideas of right and wrong and decency and, and how to comport oneself with a basic dignity and, and uh, they mean nothing. They essentially mean nothing in these places. So they don't understand that this jungleized uh, swath of the qua.
2: Yeah. So the tree did fall in the woods, but nobody heard it because the Jews have the media organs and are making sure that it makes the sound of a pin uh, or or not at all. So did it happen in the in the minds of millions? No, it didn't happen, but it did. Mm-hmm.
0: Just like the serial murder in Lexington we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, dead people, dead cities. It's it's a
2: fact. So again, now that the you know our listeners know that South African Airlines is running this program, guess what? In the upcoming months and years, should your flight get canceled and a South African airline come to the rescue, guess what? They're not going to take that flight, and that could just be the flight that uh, crashes into the Atlantic. But here we have uh, yeah, second African story, this is TMB as well. Coal-rich Zimbabwe faces acute shortages. This is just north of uh, South Africa. Zimbabwe, drastic coal shortages, despite massive natural deposits, have had a ripple effect throughout Zimbabwe's economy and ruined a deal to renovate the country's biggest steel works, the government has acknowledged. The energy crisis adds to the economic woes of Zimbabwe, which is already suffering from acute shortages of many basic commodities. The steelmaker needed 60,000 tons of coal a month, but earlier this year received just 14,000 tons monthly, enough to keep the furnaces on but without production. Zyco Steel was once prosperous but has declined because of mismanagement and corruption and is now on the verge of collapse.
0: Not only are they short of coal, they're short of food since they ran out the white farmers. So there's nothing really new about this. Maybe they need a 70-hour community college course to tell them how to dig coal.
2: but uh, <laughs> swing those picks.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. slap those it, donkeys it's, it's pretty primitive stuff and uh, the, the place is total chaos who, who was it Stevie Wonder some, some years ago he was doing songs about Zimbabwe what happened to the good old days <laughs> Zimbabwe and, and Paul Simon the Kike was down there singing all over South Africa what happened to the glory days I don't know all, all the wonderful singers and, uh, yeah
2: Oh well, yeah. Well, think of the, i mean, just think of the possibilities these extremely resource-rich countries have for industrious whites uh, to develop. Uh, here, they say Zimbabwe has estimated reserves of 30 million tons of coal, according to geological studies. Deposits are the biggest in quality coal in southern Africa. I mean, that was more or less the idea behind imperialism, using these resource-rich and blessed locations uh, for, for an extension of, of European life. Any type of political ideology that allows their empowerment within a, a country, anywhere in the world, uh dooms that country to to these types of conditions that we see happening here and for Americans to think this is a radical position to take it, all you have to do is realize that miscegenation was illegal just 50 years ago before the Jews co-opted our 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 country
0: yeah africa is a complete mess the entire continent and that's all we have all of our so many of our singers and entertainers Uh, morally esteeming themselves up by demanding that we we give them more. And Ben Clausen talks about this in the White Man's Bible too, how if nature were allowed to take its course, these beings would not survive. So uh, on purely a a nature, or natural, biological level, we're upsetting the flow by uh, essentially extending these people's suffering for centuries.
2: And multiplying it into millions of people that wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. be alive,
0: yeah. Yeah, without Western food and medicine, they wouldn't even be kicking. And and now it's, it's reached the, the point of preposterousness when, it, when they fly them into the UK and the US for citizenship. And
2: yeah, and, <laughs> and invariably because we're underpopulated, right?
0: Well, <clears throat> we need the workers. Whites oh. just don't want to work the way these industrious niggers do. <laughs> That's what our politicians tell us.
2: Well, we have another story out of Africa. This is uh, Jacob Kobe Alexander, the former Converse Technology chief executive officer, became a fugitive after being charged with securities fraud, was arrested today in Namibia. Alexander, the ex-Israeli intelligence officer, turned high-technology entrepreneur, will be brought before a magistrate in Windhoek tomorrow, a U.S. State Department official said. Uh, The wizard of Israel's technology boom, Alexander, was arrested by Interpol and local police. Yeah,
0: I've heard a little bit about this. uh, International executive, Jewish executive, uh, dealing with tens of millions of dollars and uh, popped. So what's new? Uh, the intelligence officer in the uh, Israeli Defense Forces is something that's rather interesting. We saw this again with Golan Sippel, who is uh, New Jersey Governor McGreevy's butt partner, although Sippel denies it. I think we have to believe the governor. It, it seems that they kind of range all over the world, these um, Israeli officers this again to some extent is due to the United States' willingness to to welcome these people to the United States and and there should be a a ban on all Israelis uh, even entering the United States and not only do they flim flam economic institutions or or Wall Street but they uh, they're very much involved in proselytizing American young people in universities and this is really maddening that's a different subject I know but uh, the same way Putin got the oil oligarch and he fled to Israel, if this guy can get out on bail, he'll probably flee, flee right to Israel and there'll be no problem whatsoever because obviously Israel won't extra value. You
2: yeah, know, well, they say here, Alexander wired $57 million to Israel in July from an account at Citigroup uh, in company Smith-Barney Unit, the U.S. government said, calling the transfer an effort to, quote, launder the proceeds of the fraud. His assets in two Citigroup Smith-Barney accounts were frozen July
0: 31st. Uh, 32-count indictment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how could this
2: officer of the only democracy in the Middle East turn out to be such a bad egg?
0: (laughs) That's right. It's just amazing. It's hard to figure, isn't it?
2: (laughs) And then he would rip off just mom-and-pop Americans like that. Although,
0: uh, we're their best allies in the Middle East. Yeah. It's quite something. Actually, the ones who are not like this are, are the exceptions when you get right down to it. But if you look at, if you don't believe this, look at um, uh, the Federal Elections Commission and um, there are a couple of other organizations. Uh, is it Truth in Politics? They have them online. All these Jewish housewives who donate to all our government officials who are telling us the multicult is wonderful. So my... Point is 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 that uh, where are the Jews that are not making trouble? It's just that these guys are particularly successful at uh, bringing home the bacon for the tribe, if I may. Fifty-seven million to Israel, huh? I guess they'll let him immigrate back home.
2: Oh, they'll be protesting outside the prison like they do for Pollard, I'm sure. <laughs> uh,
0: uh-huh. yeah. So the, these cases, if people just pay attention, they just they just go on and on and on. It's just fascinating. It's just unbelievable. Otherworldly, otherworldly is, is the word that comes to mind. And and we do live in an other world. It's a world that doesn't make sense, where right is wrong and and, and wrong is right, and uh, good is bad and bad is good. So therefore, rapists and killers and multicult cult spics coming here, uh, flooding from Mexico by the tens of millions and committing crime like a Uh, rampaging locusts well they're just good Christians trying to get along, trying to find a better life but anybody who uh, reacts against it if you're white, you're evil and uh, it's uh, Alexander's tribe who are making the rules, the Jews
2: Yeah. otherwise there wouldn't have been that big disconnect between things as they are and things as they are said to be in yes. our mass media
0: yes. um, and please everyone just take a look how things are alex often says take a look at who's giving you this information and who wants you to think this and who's constantly throwing it in front of your face day after day after day
2: right look at things sideways these guys aren't the pioneering reporters uh... coming out and giving you the fresh perspective on things they're you have to fight the reporter for the story. They basically become just another arm of the government, uh, presenting a version of reality which doesn't match what you feel viscerally on the streets. Or even
0: what you experience more
2: And then, really. And then if you revolt against that and actually say, look, this is the way it is, well, guess what? That's hate. They, they've compartmentalized that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've outlawed reaction to it. There have been some guys who have delineated this recently on the forum, this whole f- formula about how they do this. You know, they, they commit vast crimes against uh, white society, and then reaction to it is declared to be illegal, or even it, noticing it.
2: Or it's anti-Semitism. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're, right. you're against Israel's policies, you're anti-Semitic. You're uh, you, you have the uh, audacity to point out it's a Jewish criminal that's anti-semitic connecting the dots is anti-semitic
0: connecting the dots it really is that simple isn't
2: it well for a lot of people it's not and uh, they've got a a pretty good trick and pony circus going on with 24 7 uh, electronic media uh, millions of
0: uh, viewers Mm -hmm. You remember when we talked about the George Carlin video a few weeks ago on Goy Fire? And people can find it by typing in George Carlin and then um, Who Rules America? I believe it's on YouTube. It might be on Google videos, the little video glyph on Google. But I think it's on YouTube.com. And he says not only do they do all this, he doesn't openly say Jews, but he says they beat you over the head with the media all day long and tell you how to think. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, I don't know how much it can take when, when, when people send their kids to, to perish for this crap. You know, I'm, I'm just telling you, young people should be involved in, heavily involved in education. And I've seen it in Europe, the level when, when these kids can speak two or three languages and they comport themselves, the women walk with their heads up high, And they look straight ahead. And they look straight at you, by the way, which they don't do in the qua. And there's something fucking sick in the qua uh, when these uh, feral white kids, if they're not acting like Wiggers and Wigresses, then they're acting stupid in general, obsessed with sports and everything. And many, not all, but many European youth are the exact 180-degree opposite of that. So... This is where assets of a society should be.
2: Yeah, well, Shane, we're through the topics, closing statements.
0: No, not much, except uh, we appreciate that people listen to Goyfar, and we'll be glad to have Alex and Jeff back as so they're able. and uh, Come to vnnforum.com and read it, and uh, read it. Just keep up on every day. The the sidelights to the news, or should I say behind the shadows, that they don't want to talk about quite so much. We talk about them. And nowhere else, whether it's Libertarian or Stormfront, I'll mention them, will people talk so openly about what's really going on in the United States and the UK, the two worst cult, multi-cult nations in the world.
2: Yeah. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight. We hope a couple have come our way via Glenn Miller for Congress. Uh, By God, uh, if every state had such a choice, maybe we would affect the changes a bit faster than uh, the change is now coming. But change is coming. Oh, yes. And if you're not with the program, that's just too bad for you. There are Americans that are not going to go down with the ship. And I would like to think I'm a part of that contingent. And I hope you want to be a part of that contingent as well. So stay subscribed, or if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to our feed uh, at goyfire.com. Let's check out the forum, vnnforum.com, or the blog, govnn.com, or, again, if you're in Missouri, kirksvilletoday.com.
0: Yeah, as Alex Linder says, we want you to join us. We want you and we need you.
2: Yeah, we can use your help. We are the good guys. Don't forget it. And until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes.
1: have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio.